How does Calafia Farms stand out and find its own pathway to success? Well, I think our success comes from uh, meaningful innovation that uh, meets consumer needs and, and helps them in their daily life, nutrition, and, and their overall health journey. Um, and, and the success also comes from having this brand with breadth and depth that uh, is able to travel across categories and establish emotional connections across broad demographics of consumers. This is C2C, where we cover innovation in the food and CBG business from conception to consumption. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. Today, I have a fantastic guest, Paul Newman, who is Vice President of Research and Development of Calafia Farms. Paul, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Gary. Yeah, so we're going to get into a lot of great discussions about your background in the company and uh, all the great products that have been launched at your company. But for starters, Paul, tell our listeners a little bit about your personal background, uh, why you decided to get into this industry, why you migrated towards R&D and innovation. Tell our listeners about that. Sure, sure. So um, I grew up in Nebraska. I was born and raised there, uh, always a corn husker. And um, anyway, uh, as I was uh, lived in Lincoln there and growing up, my dad was in the grocery business. And so that was a big part of our lives. And, uh, and my uh, grandfather was a farmer and uh, out in central Nebraska. And, and so uh, as I was growing up, I always was connected to food in some way and uh, either working for my grand grandfather in the, in the summertime um, summer break from school or working for my dad as I got older, I'm working for my dad in the grocery store uh, during the school year and things. So when it came time to uh, go to school, of course, naturally, I was going to go to the University of Nebraska and um, and started looking for majors. I was always interested in science and, and uh, all of the sciences. And as I looked through, you know, chemistry, physics, so forth and stuff like that, it just seemed too too pure. I didn't get enough of the whole whole ball of wax, if you will. And so when I came upon food science in the in the ag college, it sounded perfect because it had you know it combined all of the sciences in an applied way, and uh, and it also connected me to both uh, my uh, my dad's grocery business and and the farming side of that. Uh, you know, being in in the middle with the processing and bringing those. Uh, bringing products to commercialization. So it just felt like a natural fit. And, and so I went through and got my bachelor's uh, in food science and technology from Nebraska. And I also did my master's uh, degree there. And, and then I went out and, and uh, you know, got into industry. I worked for Kellogg's for a number of years, uh, quite a, and I worked for uh, Pioneer Flour Mills in San Antonio, Texas. And then I've been here at Calafia Farms for uh, the last two and a half years. So let's talk about Calafia Farms. Full disclosure, uh, it, your products are always in our refrigerator because my wife is a vegetarian and a huge fan of your products like oat milk and your coconut creamer and things like that. Uh, your, your company is a mission-driven company, right? So tell our listeners, you know, what's, what's your overall strategy? Tell us about your brands and what differentiates you. 
Well, yeah, and, and it, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, you saying that. And, and uh, you know, we're, we're also, you know, in a place where people are trying to, you know, not necessarily be all everyone's wanting to be a vegetarian or vegan uh, diet, but the people are trying to um, actively reduce animal products in their diet for whatever reason, either health, nutrition, um, uh, you know, caring for the planet and so forth. So, so we find that it is an extremely, our, our brand is an extremely relevant brand and it all starts with our mission and values. Uh, as a company, we believe food must be returned to its original nourishing purpose. Uh, if you go on our website, you'll see that. And, and, and we do it with the power of plants and by working together for the good of the planet. And um, the icon for our product is Queen Calathea. And, uh, you know, that, and that's kind of our inspiration. She's uh, actually, she's best known as the namesake for the state of California. And we're a California company. And, uh, and this mythical queen was a, a, an inspiring leader. Uh, she, she lived in a bountiful island paradise filled with natural riches and, and her, her job was to protect that. And so, um, this myth of, of Queen Calathea dates back to early Africa, the, the legend of it. But the story first reached printed language through the Spanish writer Garcia Rodriguez de Montalvo in the early 1500s. Uh, so Queen Calafia was described as this wise, resourceful, and adaptive uh, amid uh, the kind of fantastical episodes of war and conquest. And, um, and it really helped uh, at that time embolden the early waves of Spanish explorers to, that came to the Americas to search for this land, this mythical land uh, depicted in the tales. And the, 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 our Queen Calafia for us guides us to a, a wellness transformation through the power of plants. And that's what our purpose is, is to help people on their plant-based journey with uh, plant-based beverages and food. It's a neat uh, origin story. Usually, uh, you know, unusual to go back to the 1500s on that. Um, mm -hmm. And you're in a, a a very rapidly growing category, obviously. And we've had prior guests on this show, Paul Shapiro from Better Meat Co. and David Benzikin from Ocean Hugger and other guests who were involved in the plant-based explosion. Um, so it's a very exciting category, but it's also a very crowded category. So how does Calafia Farms stand out and find its own pathway to success? Well, I think our success comes from uh, meaningful innovation that uh, meets consumer needs and, and helps them in their daily life, nutrition, and, and their overall health journey. Um, and, and the success also comes from having this brand with breadth and depth that uh, is able to travel across categories and establish emotional connections across broad demographics of consumers. Um, another key strength that we have comes from being an independent food company and it's our, which gives, helps feed our ability to remain nimble and innovate on an accelerated time frame. Our, um, our product development process, we always kind of start with the same question about we've got, if we're going to make a new product, how do we make it different and better than what's out there? 
And so our goal is, you know, really to provide options with, with greater nutritional content and unique taste profile so that we stand out in the crowd. Mm. And so it sounds like a great goal. And looking at your website, your brand page has actually expanded into three brand pages now where you've got everything mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, replacements for uh, for dairy milk to plant-based uh, butter spreads, uh, cold brew uh, drinks, coffee tra- type drinks, uh, creamers, all sorts of things. How do you... How do you keep up with innovation across all those different categories? Well, <laughs> it is that's a challenge. I mean, especially when we're you know growing very rapidly as a company, and uh, it's hard to keep up with having you know you, um, with resources you know and allocating resources across you know uh, product development for for multiple categories. But uh, but we do it um, you know by having uh you know ha- having a very agile uh, nimble mindset and uh you know as i said being an independent food company um we we can pivot on a moment's notice and, and move where we think we need to be and uh, and where we see the consumer going and so and our our leader uh Greg Steltonpole our CEO our founder um, is very visionary in that way, and he really seems to have his his finger on the pulse of of where uh, consumers are going and and uh, with their food choices and with their life choices. As a you know, matter of fact, and being in a you know in California where you know there's a lot of trends originate out here um, in California that are you know followed uh, that that become trends across the country and. Uh, and things that, uh, that, you know, we're in a good place to, to really know and, and kind of have a kind of foresight into, to what's coming. So is there, so, you know, you're in a, you're in a state with, with a lot of leading edge trends. So I guess you get to observe that firsthand. It sounds like your founder is a very unique person who's very much in tune with watching for a lot of new trends. But is there, is there a framework or a process or a mindset that you bring in R&D to what you ought to work on next? And once you start working on it, what's the process that you go through? Well, I think it, it starts from a shared innovation, a shared vision, I'm sorry, for innovation that's, you know, rooted in our mission and values. Um, it's having this mindset of creating something different, something better, uh, and that will help people on their plant-based journey by making those plant-based foods more accessible and more tasty and more nutritious than ever. So, um, you know, innovation is, is really important, incredibly important for giving people better food and, uh, and better choices for their diet and the planet. So, I mean, it, it's, it's this alignment of values that helps you see opportunities, uh, of where you can innovate and what kind of innovations are going to be, uh, relevant and inspiring to, uh, to consumers. 
Hmm. I'm just going to read from your website, your company's mission statement. We believe food must be returned to its original nourishing purpose. We do this with the power of plants and by working together for the good of the planet. Let's eat, learn, and love together. So is is that what you're referring to? Is that a touchstone that you folks use on a regular basis? Yeah, yeah. And we get a lot of help from our consumers. I mean, they write into us all the time and uh, to our customer care line and, and, you know, with ideas, we have an Instagram page that, uh, you know, we, we, uh, we get lots of input from our consumers. Our consumers, uh, we have some very loyal consumers who, uh, have found our products not, you know, there's this emotional connection to the brand, but they also, you know, love the products as well from a, taste and enjoyment perspective. So uh, we're not lacking for ideas when it comes to innovation at all. It's more about, you know, deciding which ones are, you know, the ones that we need to work on at the, at, at this given moment in time and, and um, make the most sense to, to, to launch. So, Paul, when you look at uh, the folks in your department, uh, either when you're hiring new people or you're mentoring people. Um, are, are there innovators you point to that you admire or, or what are some of the mindsets or qualities or talents that you look for when you hire people or that you try to instill as you mentor them? Yeah, well, I think, uh, you know, what I look at is for pe people that are able, that are agile and nimble and are ready to pivot with changes you know, when they see change coming that, that, uh, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't bother you or, or, or hold, hold you back by, you know, not, not, not necessarily finishing what you started because now you're off onto something better. And, uh, and so we, you know, I think that's one of the, the key, uh, characteristics is, is being okay, is being all right with change and, responding to situations like the one we're in now with the uh, COVID-19 crisis and also to uh, like competitor movements, you know, when, you know, you have, we're, we're in a, you know, very entrepreneurial space and we have new competitors coming in every day um, that are looking to take us out, you know, in a way. And, uh, and, and it's, so it is a very competitive area and, and it's not, you know, they're not looking to take us out personally, but they have a better idea. And, um, and so how do we, you know, build on that or, you know, come up with our own ideas that are going to, um, keep us, uh, successful in the marketplace. So, so you've got to have, you know, people that are, you know, continuous learners, um, and, uh, and always, uh, thinking new ways to do things, not afraid to try new things. And, uh, and one of the things also is never sacrificing, um, on quality and taste and, and, uh, for the, for the sake of being quick or being out there with something that's, that's trendy at the moment or whatever, you know, but if you don't, if you don't pull everything together, you've got to be, um, unrelenting in, making sure you're delivering what the consumer is going to um, eat and love. Mm. So. You mentioned the pandemic there briefly. I saw that back in March, your CEO said 
there was a sharp uptick in in sales of things like almond milk and oat milk. Uh, you still seeing a good environment out there for your products among shoppers? Well, um, yeah, we um, things are still going very well for us. I mean, we we were on a on a good roll before that, and uh, and so it's it has continued. It, there was an uptick there. Of course, uh, uh, we do have a, a food service business as well, and of course, that has has uh, not you know has gone down a lot with restaurants being mm-hmm. closed and coffee shops and so forth. But uh, but. Um, yeah, right. Uh, as far as our uh, business, we're we're doing very well. We have, um, you know, our plants running at full capacity, and we have co-manufacturers, uh, you know, uh, producing for us. So, um, so we're uh, we're very, you know, feel pr- very good about where we stand at the yeah. moment. I, I think the future is still, you know, nobody's quite sure where where we're going to end up with at with this or, or when it's going to get back to the new normal mm-hmm. uh, we'll hope it's sometime soon so thinking about um your experience at califia farms paul when when you look at success versus failure um in in innovation you know how do you measure that and are there any stories you can you can share um either at califia farms or 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 at prior positions any stories that you can share with our listeners uh success that you're proud of or or failures where you know was a it was a good lesson well i i've always you know been of the mind you know success is always about learning and it's not only from a commercial success, but also from the failures as well. And what I've found is that success and failure with uh, well-executed product development is due more to external factors than due to the product itself. A lot of times it's because the product is introduced before it's time. Uh, you, 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 you have a great idea, you execute it well, but uh, the consumers, you have it's not been figured out how to make it relevant for consumers. And and I've seen many times where we've introduced, and this uh, I'll go back to Kellogg's, especially with, you know with some products that we did there that um, uh, we would introduce it and it wouldn't do well in the first go round. But then things change, the environment changes, uh, situations change, and. Uh, it comes back in a slightly changed version and it becomes a huge success. So, um, so those are the areas that, uh, you know, I think that, uh, it, you know, failure is really when, uh, I think, uh, you rush to market with something that's really not ready to be in market. And that, that's that, and you know, you have to learn from those mistakes as well. Is, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, speed is, um, can be counterproductive as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think, you know, that, that's to me is where that's how I view success and failure and innovation. We talk a lot on this podcast about trends versus fads, and you mentioned timing. And so, you know, it's especially in the plant-based category. Do you think there's there's been a lot of folks who have launched prematurely 
back in the day before it was so commonly accepted that we're going to drink alternatives to milk or, or we're going to have uh, other alternatives. Is that is that some of the stuff you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, and I think it's, uh, you know, trying to force plant-based alternatives um, into an area where the, the technology hasn't hasn't allowed it and still you know just for the sake of having a presence there i mean um i think one of the things uh as uh flexitarianism grows as a trend i think it's a trend that's here to stay um as long as we can provide consumers with those plant-based choices where they don't have to sacrifice nutrition quality or enjoyment and um, and so often, I, I think you know, in some areas, um, products have been introduced uh, where um, to provide as an alternative because of this trend or a trend toward you know, you know, having you know for veg to vegetarian or vegan options, and and they just the the product development has not been um, fully. Uh, tested and and uh, you know commercialized to the point where the quality is off or the you know the or the taste and enjoyment was never really there it's just that they could claim that it's vegan or uh, you know a plant-based alternative and so you have to have all three of those uh, qual- uh, characteristics come together at, at the you know in the right way for for you to be successful and um and that's um and in in the category and i think you know there's not just our company but there are a lot of companies out there doing that right now that uh is really helping to fuel uh the growth of of plant-based alternatives and and products out there in the market so companies like beyond beef and uh beyond meat i'm sorry and uh but there are a number of other uh, companies out there as well that are doing a great job on innovation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, when we think of fads in uh, in this industry, you know, one example I'll use: some folks are starting to believe that putting CBD into regular food and beverage products as an ingredient that might be a fad uh, that's come and gone. Have you seen any fads? in the plant-based space or do you think this is all one one continuous trend uh with flexitarians and vegetarians and everything else just looking for more and more products or do you, or have you seen some fads well yeah you do and and i think you know i i think uh even within our own company you did a, a lot of uh, a lot of good debate going about cbd in foods but uh and, and people wanting you know, functional performance in their foods. And I, I do think that uh, there are uh, segments of consumers that definitely want that and there is a need. So, you know, we're uh, trying to develop uh, foods around that, you know, delivering and uh, to specific needs of consumers. So, um, and, and also to provide more or um better everyday nutrition. So we just introduced our protein plus oat milk uh, re- that, uh, here this spring. And um, 
and it's it you know is delivering protein as well as uh, healthy fats with omega threes and uh, uh, calcium and vitamin D and uh, so we you know we're trying to um, to build on on that trend. I think where you see fads is where you have uh, coming with you know kind of novel ingredients that are you know, hip at the time, but they don't really deliver on all the key, on on the three key factors I talked about earlier, which is nutrition, quality, and enjoyment. And so um, they generally are missing on one of those. Um, so sometimes the ingredients are in there and they're really not at a functional level because if they did that, then the product wouldn't be edible or taste very good, you know, or something like that. So then you're missing on the nutrition. So you you really have to hit on all three of those or find that balance on all three of those mm-hmm. factors. My guest today is Paul Newman, who is vice president of research and development at Califia Farms. Uh, Paul, what are some of the biggest ongoing challenges or speed bumps that uh, that that you face with innovation today? Well, for for me, it's really. Uh, and for our company, it's it's the rapid growth and expansion that we've been experiencing both domestically and internationally. There's there's so many competitive opportunities for our resources, you know, where we can deploy our our resources, and and so it leads to some very difficult choices to make. Um, we tend to prioritize innovation when it comes from to R and D, but we also have responsibility for you know. Uh, transitioning products to new co-manufacturers and and um, and and our you know geographic expansion and and doing all of that. So allocating those resources resources efficiently to keep everything moving ahead uh, the way we want it to uh, to fuel the business is really what keeps me up at night so it boy but it's a happy problem to keep you up at night too right uh, too too many opportunities yeah. not enough time mm-hmm. so paul what what what's the range you've seen in terms of innovation from concept to consumption getting it out to consumers what's the what's the kind of range you've seen in terms of months and are there any tips you can share that that you've seen in compressing those time frames? So, you know, generally we can go from concept to consumption on an uh, urgent accelerated project in a three to six month time frame when it doesn't involve capital and it utilizes our existing process to anywhere from a nine month to two year time frame for new platforms that require capital. Um, so like if you take our plant-based probiotic drinks, you know, we were one of the first to come out with a plant-based probiotic yogurt drink. And uh, and so we put in, uh, you know, our own uh, fermentation system and, and, and yogurt uh, system to, to make that product. And uh, it was a very, um, I, I, I like, I think that's one of the products is right after I came into the company and and I was very proud of of that to have moved that forward uh, been part of that and moving that forward Um, and so you know we even though we you know had the capital in process we were doing the product development right up until the very 
you know, the very, you know, end up to launch continuously optimizing that product. And we ended up with, you know, a really, really well done, uh, very tasty uh, yogurt drink uh, uh, for the uh, yogurt category there. So, so that was an example of where sometimes it takes a while when you have new platforms like that, but, but that, you know, uh, the product development has to be very nimble and uh, responsive during that time. So we changed direction several several times in that uh, during the development as to, you know, what the base was going to be like and, and the key components of the base. And so in terms of tips on compressing time frame, it's all about being ready to pivot on a modus, modus, moment's notice and trusting your gut uh, with that, with where you're going. Um, because, you know, again, if you don't finish something or you change direction, that doesn't mean you can't come back to, to that point at some, at some point in the future. So, um, you've just got to be, you know, very flexible and, and ready to, you know, um, to, and be resilient to change. Mm -hmm. Good advice. So Paul, if you take out your crystal ball, and you look at this rapidly growing category or multiple categories of plant-based uh, replacements to traditional food products. Where do you think this is all heading in the next five or 10 years? Well, I, I think it's just continued expansion of food forms, occasions, and accessibility to plant-based alternatives and also development of, of uh, novel processes and packaging that will improve the, uh, the quality and food safety of, of plant-based products. I think that, you know, those are the key things that consumers are looking for, uh, you know, when they, uh, quality and, and food safety is very important as well as, you know, uh, delivering the, you know, the taste and, and, and nutrition and enjoyment. So, um, and, you know, is uh, this trend in decreasing consumption of animal products, helping to protect the planet as that continues to grow. Um, you know, people want accessibility to plant-based foods, and so you have to give them more options. And uh, so I think it's uh, we've got a long horizon ahead of us for product development innovation in this space. Yeah. It's uh, you, you must be so excited to be in the space that you're in. What um, what can you share with our listeners, Paul, in terms of what's on the horizon for Calafia Farms? Well, I think, you know, it, it goes uh, along with this, uh, you know, next five to ten year trends. You can, you know, if you look at the categories we're in and what we can do within the, you know, in the plant-based categories in cold brew coffee, um, plant milks, uh, creamers, uh, you know, we just uh, launched our uh, plant-based butter alternative. Um, and, and so, you know, we feel that uh, this is what I was talking about earlier. There's so many choices and stuff. So we uh, we rely on uh, collaboration within the team and, and uh, you know, leadership from our CEO, uh, Greg uh, Steltenpole, who, as I said, you know, has a, a really, um, you know, uh, good uh, 
sense of where where these trends are going so uh, and, and uh, where we should go next and so that's we rely a lot on, on just internal collaboration that way I think um, you know this year we we normally introduce our new products at Natural Foods Expo which of course was uh, postponed and uh, and so you know we, we've introduced these new products and there hasn't been as much visibility on them in terms of the normal publications and things like that at least for the industry to see but we're very excited about our innovation pipeline and and uh, our, uh, you know, as I as I mentioned, the new products that we have out there already uh, this year, and we've got more uh, some new holiday items coming out in the fall, and and uh, uh, you know we've got some exciting new products in the works for for next year that uh, hopefully we'll be able to. Uh, to showcase at, at Natural Foods Expo next year. We look forward to seeing what you guys roll out. Um, Paul, I ask mm -hmm. all of our guests uh, the same question. What what advice would you give to two different sets of folks? First, people already in the food and CBG space who are innovators, who are in R&D and so on. And then second, new people just starting their career in this space. What advice would you give? Well, I think, you know, to people that are already in the food or, or CPG space, it's an exciting place to work right now. And, uh, and so I think, you know, it's about staying nimble and agile and really, uh, use your experience and knowledge to find more efficient ways to innovate and to produce new, uh, new products. Because I think, you know, uh, and what I've seen through my career is that the life cycle of new products is getting shorter and shorter and the uh, <clears throat> consumer needs are becoming more and more diverse. So it's it's really hard to um, to find a product, you know, that has the same life cycle as as some of the early products in the, you know, uh, in uh, last century. and that, uh, you know, maybe we're, you know, mainstays for 50 years. It's just, it's not hardly like that now, uh, because people move on to, to, you know, their technology's evolving and people move on to new and better things in a much easier way than perhaps in the past. I think for, uh, new innovators, um, you know, we, we need new innovators all the time to come in with fresh new ideas to challenge. And, and, you know, and be willing to try new things. So I just would encourage new innovators in the space to have no fear uh, because nobody can say you're wrong because uh, things are uh, with the pace of change and the way, uh, you know, situations develop, uh, you know, like the current one we're in and stuff. It just creates a lot of new opportunities. It's a great time to be an entrepreneur because uh, it's, it's very easy for people to adopt new ideas and, and try new things. And if they find that it fits their need and stuff, they will be very loyal to it. So, um, so I think, you know, it, it's, a, it's again, a, an exciting place to work in the food and CPG space. And so um, it's, uh, we need to, you know, get more, uh, 
young people and, and new innovators coming into the space to to keep it going. I, 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 it's great advice. Have no fear. I'd like to thank my guest today, Paul Newman, Vice President of R&D from Califia Farms. Paul, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for listening to C2C, where we cover innovation in the food and CPG business from conception to consumption. Just type the letters C-T-O-C, no spaces, to find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbeam, and Google Play. This podcast is produced for informational purposes and does not constitute any scientific, legal, or medical advice. The views and opinions expressed by guests of this podcast are those of the guest alone and do not necessarily reflect the opinions and positions of the host or any other entity or organization. Listeners are encouraged to listen with an open mind and form opinions of their own.